Hello, and welcome to the Christ Church Cathedral Podcast. This is the sermon from our past Sunday, recorded live from the cathedral. We hope these words will really speak to your heart and mind. May the words of my lips and the meditations of all our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. I'd like you to think back to your school days, maybe your elementary school days. Can you recall some of the nicknames that got bandied around? Peter Lilburn was called Big Ears for obvious reasons. That was until the cartilage behind his ears was cut and and they were flattened against his head. Steve Dixon, a good friend, was called Psycho uh, for his quirky manner, and he, it was, he was quirky, and this really off-beat sense of humour. Peter Dickinson, high school teacher, was known as the jaw because of his propensity for telling stories that no one believed. Names can stick. I know some of you may well still be saddled with your elementary names from your elementary school days. Now, nicknames can shape our lives. They can influence how others see us. They can even distort how we see ourselves. Often and too often, nicknames can limit us. They can exaggerate aspects of our lives that are frankly inconsequential. Or those parts over which we have no control. It's for this reason that some nicknames need to be exorcised or frankly just pensioned off. Thomas has a nickname. He's known as Doubting Thomas. In fact, he's a patron saint for those who are confused, questioning, or have difficulty in believing. We even hear his name today still in conversation, don't we? Oh, for goodness sake, stop being such a doubting Thomas. So today on the second Sunday of Easter, we get to hear the story which gives Thomas his nickname. You may recall what happens. It's evening on the same day that God resurrects his son, Jesus Christ. The disciples, and we don't know whether it's the apostles minus Thomas or a group of Jesus' followers, are cowering from the Jewish authorities behind locked doors. Given what's just happened to their rabbi, I'm guessing they're wondering if they are going to be next. The resurrected Jesus comes and stands in the midst and says, peace be with you. I mean, they're not only trembling with fear, they're likely racked with guilt. On bailing, or after bailing on Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane, just the last Thursday night. 
And the risen Christ's first words to them are, Peace be with you. God's peace. God's peace is not just absence of conflict. In Hebrew, as Rob Miller will tell us, it's shalom. God's wholeness. God's harmony with everything that is. God's peace be with you. So the the risen Jesus' first words to his followers, to us, are words of comfort, consolation, reconciliation. Peace be with you. Then he says, As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. As Jesus was one sent, so now are the gathered disciples. So now are we missionaries, those who are sent. So important for us. We, the church, find our identity when we participate in the sending, the, the mission of God. When we experience ourselves as, as those sent by the one who himself was sent, we know that the risen Christ is in our midst. And then, receive the Holy Spirit. Just as God breathed on Adam in Genesis and infused him with the spirit of life, just as the risen Christ breathes his spirit into his disciples, kind of like breathing into a flute to produce this beautiful sound, so God, the living God, breathes the spirit of his resurrected son into each of us here this morning, filling us with the melody of God's life. Back to Thomas. Now, for whatever reason, Thomas is not around. Perhaps he needed to grieve alone. I get that. Some of us do. Well, the disciples, as we know, are beside themselves after their encounter with the risen Christ using exactly the same words Mary used after her meeting with the risen Jesus earlier that day, they exclaim to Thomas when they see him, we've seen the Lord. Only Thomas is not so sure. And he makes it clear in the words that give birth to that nickname of his. Unless I see the mark of nails in his hands and put my fingers in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. And from that moment on, Thomas is known as Doubting Thomas. Fair? Perhaps. But perhaps not. 
Sure, Thomas wasn't buying what the other disciples were saying, and he did need hard evidence. But who's to say any of the other disciples wouldn't have responded in a similar way if one of them hadn't been there? And let's be honest. How often have we caught ourselves saying, and perhaps it's in response to something our kids or grandkids have promised to do, oh sure, I'll believe that when I see it. Rather than doubting, perhaps Thomas is just more of a realist. He's the honest skeptic in our midst who just needs something physical to work with. And there's no questioning Thomas's loyalty. I mean, Jesus announces back in John 11 that he's returning to Judea. And in Judea, it's where the Jews have just tried to stone him. And he's going back there in order to raise Lazarus. Thomas is the one. Thomas sticks up his hand and urges his fellow disciples, let's go there and die with him. Loyal Thomas. And Thomas too is the one willing to ask the questions that I'm guessing were on everyone's minds, but no one else is prepared to voice. At the Last Supper, Jesus reminds his disciples that they know the way to the place where he is going. Really? I can imagine the disciples thinking. It's Thomas who's the one brave enough to spit it out. We've got no idea what you're on about. I mean, Lord, we don't know where you are going. How can we know the way? So rather than doubting Thomas, how, how about loyal Thomas? Or realist Thomas? Or honest Thomas? I mean, whatever the title... Jesus loves and accepts Thomas just as he is. The risen Christ knows our questions. He understands our needs. He relates to each of you here this morning as individuals. You know, a chapter back, just a chapter back, Jesus tells Mary Magdalene not to touch him. He knew that by wanting to touch him, Mary was still clinging to an old way of relating to him, an old way of life. And yet here in this chapter, Jesus invites Thomas to touch him. Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. The opportunity for Thomas to touch is his way to new life. We're all different. And the risen Christ knows how best to meet us right where we are. I mean, just look at how differently the characters in this chapter alone come to faith. 
John, the beloved disciple, believes when he sees the empty tomb and the grave clothes. Mary believes when Jesus calls her by name. The disciples believe when Jesus stands in their midst. And now Thomas believes when Jesus invites him to touch him. And, you know, we we never get to find out, do we, whether Thomas actually does need to touch him. Almost sounds like Jesus' offer to him was enough. Do not be faithless, but faithful, Jesus bids him. Not so much about doubt. It's about receiving faith where there was none. And Jesus' word is enough. Thomas goes on to utter the most remarkable statement of faith in John's gospel. My Lord and my God. So doubting Thomas? I think it's a nickname Thomas can probably pension off. I mean, just look what he goes on to do with his faith or in this faith. Church tradition tells us that he preaches in ancient Babylon where Iraq is today. He then travels to Persia, present-day Iran, making converts there. Then he sails south to Malabar on the west coast of India in 52 AD, still establishing churches. You know, when the, the Portuguese land in India in the early 1600s, they find a group of Christians there. The Ma Toma Church, established through Thomas's preaching there a millennium and a half before. And finally, Thomas travels to the east coast of India, proclaiming the message of God's love and forgiveness. And it's in Mylapore, near present-day Madras, around 72 AD that the local Brahmin fling him in a pit before running him through with a spear. Thomas died as he lived, preaching the gospel to the ends of the earth. Not bad for a doubter, huh? So I don't know what nicknames you've been saddled with over the years. Maybe it's time to retire some of those. This morning, the risen Jesus stands in our midst. He longs to meet us wherever we are on our faith journey. To speak the word that we personally need to hear. To feed us with the sacrament. And then to send us out. To send us out in the power of the Spirit, proclaiming with our lips and in our lives God's message of love and forgiveness, even to the ends of the earth. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a production of Christ Church Cathedral. 
audio editing and original theme by Eduardo Farias. We hope you join us again soon. Have a blessed day.